Today on the Video Maker Podcast, Chris and I talk about performing on camera. So this is a situation that a lot of videographers find themselves in where they have to be the ones in front of the lens rather than just behind it. So we talk all about, you know, things like memorizing scripts or ad-libbing based on bullet points or just improv uh, or my favorite, just reading off a teleprompter. Um, and we talk about how much you should rely on your director and what kind of assistance they can give you. We also talk about things like your physical performance, like what do you do with your hands? What do you do with your eyes? Should you smile or not smile or something in between? Should you sit or should you stand? And should you go with a chair or a stool? Or should you put a, a surface in front of you like a desk or get rid of that? So we talk about all of these different things. Um, but before we get started, just a uh, just a, uh, a heads up. If you've been listening to the podcast and you like what we're doing, we would love it if you went to iTunes and gave us a five-star review and hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to us elsewhere, like on Spotify, just hit the subscribe button there as well, and the podcast will be delivered straight to your mobile device. But this kind of thing really helps out new podcasts like us. So with all that, let's get started. Welcome to the Video Maker Podcast. With me, as always, is Chris Monlux. Hello. And um, no Nicole this week, as uh, I don't remember if we've mentioned it on previous podcasts or not, but Nicole is uh, working from home in a location that just doesn't have very good internet bandwidth, and she can't connect with us via video. I was just going to interrupt you because uh, I was like, no, you have said this, but that was actually on our first try at this. So for all of you listening, uh, we wanted you to get this information so much that we're actually recording this a second time. <laughs> yeah. So if we seem polished, it, it, that's the reason. Uh, doing this uh, telecommunication uh, video vidcast podcast has uh, uh, has some kinks in it. And uh, I forgot to press the record button on one of the uh, audio recorders. So uh, I have all my audio, but uh, Mike is silent, which is how I like it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, so uh, this is a really good topic and I think it, it fits that well. So what are we talking about, Mike? Uh, well, today I figured we'd talk about uh, the same thing we talked about last week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know what that is. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, basically performing on camera. Uh, so if you're in a situation where you have to be the one to read the teleprompter or, you know, uh, recite the script that you memorized or just talk to the camera generally, we're going to talk all about, um, you know, those different things. And there's actually a number of different um, different elements that are involved here. Um, so actually, before we get into it, um, maybe we'll just sort of address the the Zoom issue here. So anyone who's watching this who has watched our podcast in the past, this is the second time we've done this. Uh, well, third time we've done it. Yeah. Second time it's been published where we're in Zoom. And that's because, uh, you know, um, pretty much everyone at VideoMaker is working from home. I'm still at the office. I'm the only one here, really. And Matt's here. It's like your own um, personal office, really. Yeah, actually, I did the math. And everyone here has about 1,300 square feet to themselves. Nice. So uh, so the uh, the whole uh, physical distancing thing is, is no problem. But Chris, how's it, how, how is it working out of, uh, out of your, uh, your home office? It's good. Uh, people actually might see my dogs walking around in the room. They're they're trapped in here with me. So it's because uh, I have a seven year old that's here, and uh, he's playing outside uh, with toys that like to stand on the ground that my dogs like to knock over. So uh, we uh, mm. so I have them in here. They well, they're by the door. Hopefully they won't make any noises. But uh, it's been different. Um, you can see the studio somewhat set up in my back uh, back here. I have, we have this branding here, Rotolite, and that's not because they paid for this. In fact, I haven't even turned the light on yet uh, because it had a plug for some foreign country that's not anything anybody's ever seen, including Matt, our uh, CEO, who does a lot of international travel to the far ends of the earth. Uh, so I, I, when, when he was scratching his head, I was like, where is this cable from? But anyway, uh, so hopefully I should get that this Friday. But it, it's just been different getting set up, getting used to the workflow of, of uh, here. And, you know, like I've, I have every once in a while, like, oh, I, I have that. Oh, no, that's back at the office. I can't, I'm not going to go back to the office just for that. Okay, yeah. so I just keep yeah. a list until I have enough things, and I'm like, all right, I'll go in and I'll grab some stuff, uh, you know. And I'm wearing my mask, uh, and and Mike's in there, you know, by himself, uh, not having to wear a mask at all. But uh, anyhow, it's um, it's different. I think that's about it. Just getting used to it. Um, I, I can say that uh, I don't want to be my own boss, and I don't want to always work from home. 
Uh, I, I surely would love to see the world and uh, interact with people that are not my family, not because I'm uh, bothered by them at all, but just because, ver- you know, the uh, variety is really nice, uh, yeah. getting to see other people, see things happening. I realize that I, I'm not even noticing, like, there's still construction going on around here. I think that most construction sites can keep the social distance or whatever, but, you know, when you've been away from a city for a while, like, you come back and you're like, oh, the McDonald's got a new sign or, or wherever it else, and I feel like the whole world's kind of... I mean, I know that a lot of things are frozen, but not everything. And so it's, it's kind of weird. Every once in a while you go out and you're like, they have a roof on that building now. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's different. It's interesting how some people, you know, kind of thrive in these working conditions where they're working at home or alone and they're communicating with people mainly with, you know, text or, or voice calls, uh, rather than face to face. Um, some people do really well under those circumstances. Some people need the face to face interaction. It sounds like you're, you're the latter. I'm really kind of the former, but I, I come into the office mainly because um, I want to get out of the house. Yeah. You know, that, like like I said, there's there's no one here. I mean, if people started to come in, um, I would go home. Um, but you know, as it is, no one's here, so I'm, I'm outside of you know my normal dwelling, and it feels good. Yeah, when you have all of the resources you would typically uh, expect at your workspace. Like I, I wanted to print out the script for today and I went, oh, I can't do that. Or I got some corrections on a video that I need to fix. And I normally would print that out and cross them off because it feels good to cross off those oh, yeah. that to-do list. And I have a computer version of it. And so I'm like, eh, check in the box. I mean, it's cool. It just doesn't feel as good as striking through. You need like a sound, like a scratching sound or a yeah, swing, you know, with a checkbox as it goes off or something. I, I need like, give me a thick black marker that I can cross things out with. That's yeah. like, I really love a Sharpie. Just like make like, you know, you right can, through it, redacting. you can, you can click the checkbox on the screen and then make just like draw on a piece of paper. Just just like, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, okay. So performing on camera. So we actually, um, do this quite a lot here at video maker, you know, uh, actually you do it quite a lot Yeah. Uh, where, uh, well, your, your approach is different from maybe most of our approach where when you do it, you're the on camera talent and the director simultaneously a lot of the times yeah. and the and, producer uh, and the editor and, and the shooter. But yeah. Yes. So, so there's a number of ways to, to do this. I think you've done them all. So I'm curious which, which are your preferences. You could memorize a script and just recite it at the camera. You can, you can have uh, some notes with some bullet points and kind of, uh, you know, just try to try to riff off of those bullet points. You can improvise the whole dang thing, like have no idea what you're going to talk about until you're in front of the camera. Um, or you can read off a teleprompter. I think we probably would do the teleprompter more than anything, but, but what do you think, Chris, in terms of your own personal preference? Well, so uh, the best outcome is always prompter. Um, I always end up saying all the things I wanted to say. They all get said in an elegant way that I can spend time to think about. Uh, So I like that because I end up looking better. Um, But, you know, the um, bullet points and just kind of riffing, I feel pretty comfortable with that. I know the content. I think really if if you're talking about stuff that you're not well-versed in, like you're just hosting something or whatever else, it might be different. But um, th- that is, it feels pretty good and I do less takes. So like usually when I'm on a prompter, like I'd say each on camera set of lines, uh, I would do three to six times. And that's mostly just to get through, not getting tongue tied and twisted there, uh, on, on what you're saying. And then, you know, like, you know, then I can actually direct based on inflection. Like, Oh, I don't like how I said that word. I'm going to do it again, where it's really hard to rinse and repeat when you're just going off the cusp, you know, you, you kind of get the idea and you, it really is somewhat writing as you go, um, uh, for that. Um, bullet points is nice. Uh, though, you know, I get really off track pretty quickly. Um, and memorizing, that's very much, you know, actors. And that's usually when you're interacting with someone, it, it, it would seem strange that you'd be reading. And we're usually doing a hosting type thing. So it's not necessary for the, the feel of the actual shot. It's just more of if I memorized, if I, if I had a chance to do that, which I don't think I'd do memorizing very well in general. I, I'd mix it all up. Um, I don't think I'd be a good actor for that reason. Uh, but that's when it's short, I do do that. Uh, when I do, um, like sometimes I'm doing like four to five sentences on camera. Those I'm not going to be able to memorize. A lot of times it's tech specs and those are difficult to spout out. Um, but the like memorizing like a single line, like, uh, my introduction, 
or my outro to videos. I've done them enough times and they're always consist of mostly the same kind of thing. So they aren't, that's not terribly difficult to just memorize and do, but that's just because I've done them so many times. Um, but yeah, really the, it, it comes down to what you're, what kind of content you're making. So obviously if you're doing a vlog, I don't know anybody that's going to script out a vlog and then read a prompter while they're doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, some bullet points, more so to just give you a path, a, 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 a direction to go. Like, you got to get to A to B. I don't care how you get there. Just get from A to B. That's cool. That works um, pretty well. I, I, I do that, but then I'll um, exclude something out of a video because I couldn't say it well instead of excluding it because the content didn't belong there. And I, that, that bothered me, and that's really what uh, made me go to prompter all the time because uh, I like to uh, sound like I know what I'm talking about because uh, most of the time I do, but um, just riffing might make you a little more clumsy, uh, more conversational, um, and maybe even harder to follow depending on um, the kind of content or really, I guess, how many wormholes you go on. Um, I tried to keep it pretty simple and on target, but really overall, the least amount of time is uh, is just riffing but I got another content, but really I, I choose to do the prompter uh, if I can, because it's, it, it's really the easiest way to get the best out. Um, but reading a prompter can be difficult. Uh, I'm not wearing glasses right now because I have uh, lights really close to me. So that can be, you know, um, uh, I don't have my glasses on, so I'm reading from a prompter that's further away. It's harder to read. Um, and as well, you might see my eyes move more uh, because I am, uh, searching a little harder for it or depending on how close the camera is. Uh, what about you, Mike? Like, I know you've done all of the above, maybe not as much as I have. Um, and definitely we're not getting to the point of like, uh, how well you perform, but rather just getting the content out. Um, mm -hmm. what, yeah. What um, uh, for me, nine times out of 10 time, 10, uh, it's prompter. I yeah. mean, I, I can do an okay job, you know, going off of bullet points, depending on what the subject matter is. Certainly, um, you know, if it's video related and we're talking about some technical kind of things, I feel good when I go off of bullet points and it actually sounds good and looks good a lot of times, you know, depending on how skillful the editor is, I guess. But what I found in, in those situations when you're going kind of off the cuff is, is it's really easy to make simple mistakes yeah. in something, right? So you're just saying something and you just sort of breeze through it and you accidentally say kilohertz instead of megahertz. And you don't even think about it. You never acknowledge it until after the whole project's done. And no one's paying attention to that level of like technical detail. And because it just wasn't written down in um, and on the, the teleprompter, it's just like it's easy to, to miss that kind of stuff. But besides that, you know, if, if I'm doing a video where, you know, the precise details are not that important, like, for example... If I'm doing something like that's a promo for Video Maker, or I did something that was like a promo for OMPT once, you know, it was like 30 seconds. I could riff on it. I did it a handful of times, so I got a good performance. Those always feel good to me. Um, you know, it's like that way. It's kind of like written in my voice. You know what I mean? Um, but otherwise, if I'm just walking into a studio cold, teleprompter all the way. I mean, yeah. it always is different. The delivery is always a little bit more rigid i guess or i don't know it's just different you know it sounds a little bit more scripted you know it's a lot of times it's written for just not how i speak um but at the same time the end product always turns out better you know i'm sa i say the things that i'm supposed to say you know there's less like ums and uhs which i use a lot it drives me crazy i can't listen to my own stuff because i throw those in there all the time i don't have sure. to worry about this issue that i always have with my eyes darting around we'll talk about you know what to do with your eyes uh, a little bit later but but teleprompter for me is, is the way to go, you know, and, you know, to your point, you, you know, the idea of like uh, knowing what you're talking about when you walk into the studio outside of the teleprompter, you know, the teleprompter, I think, fixes a lot of that. Like we've had people who have done um, work for Video Maker where we need a host for a video and, you know, our producer wrote it, whether Chris, it's you or anyone else. And the person can read a teleprompter really well. And as a result, they they seem like an expert, yeah. you know, because they're good at reading the teleprompter and they're convincing when they when they speak, um, despite the fact that they have no idea what they're reading necessarily. Um, so that's why I would say teleprompter most of the time. If you know, if if you're fortunate enough to have one, um, I would use it.
Yeah, you know, the the thing um, about, well, I, I have kind of a double standard here. I know as a director, I have different expectations. I surely mm-hmm. would want you to memorize your lines. Uh, I know when I was making commercials, you know, they're 30 second commercials. So like the lines were so easily digestible. I was, I always had to memorize by like the end of the shoot, just because you're looking at the script so many times, just, mm-hmm. you know, they're all, they're usually just, you know, one liners. Right. And so that's something I, I would hope there. And I, I know that when I first started video making, that was something I was always a proponent of. Uh, we always had uh, salesmen that were always trying to get us to get a prompt or whatever. And it's because a lot of people, like you're saying, are stiff um, when they're reading. They don't, and, and it might not be in their voice, so they don't have the right inflection uh, for it or the right energy for what they're saying because they're not really feeling what they're saying. They're just saying it. And so, you know, the, the, the memorizing will allow it to be a little more comfortable. But, you know, re- reading a prompter and looking uh, natural. That's really, um, it, it's funny because I, I made so many videos uh, for a long time with just the ad lib and bullet points. And uh, I got, um, people were saying, Hey, stop reading the prompter. And I'm like, <laughs> you're watching my eyes think you're not, I'm not reading a prompter. That's, that's me processing. Um, so I, you know, in those times and then other times, you know, uh, people, you, you just, you just won't know, you know, it, like you really don't know what's not in frame. You don't know what's really going outside there. A lot of, you can assume things and, and there's definitely ways to figure out other things. But I, I would say that, you know, prompter, it, it is, it's really difficult for some people. I've had people clam up that just can't get in front of the camera. And that's really like the fear of the red light, uh, the fear of like, and you're on, uh, you know, or that's when like, if you're a, a smart director or producer, you'll start rolling when they're practicing. So when they freeze up, when they actually are doing it, you already have it done and you can excuse them. Um, I definitely have had that quite a few times where it's just like, okay, this guy's going to be bad. I better start rolling now and yeah. hope that um, they get through one good take. So I at least go, okay, I know I have it uh, done, at least completed. I mean, that's, that's the hard thing about a lot of it. Like for us, if we're just presenting video, um, getting through the content and not screwing it up and being mostly on point is good enough. You know, we don't need perfectly um, communicated words all the time, uh, you know, or like just really elegant reads that really have this super flow. Well, we, we try to do that. And I don't, I don't think that we um, don't do that, but it's not like it's um, as important as like saying your lines in a narrative or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, if you're talking about making a movie, then, you know, you really want to be believable. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to pull your viewers out. They're going to acknowledge. They're going to recognize. Oh, wait, this is a this is not real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know your point about like memorizing the script, even with a teleprompter. I think there's like an in between spot there. You know, if if you memorize the script and you're still using a teleprompter, then the words are there more like their cues. Like actually, we haven't talked about cue cards, but um, they're just like the reminder of this is the part that you're at. Yeah. Um, but there's I think there's like an in between mode of you know walking in cold in front of the teleprompter and then memorizing it which is like just familiarizing yourself with it so uh one thing that i i've found is really helpful is to just read through the script twice beforehand so you just know the context of the sentences and the words as they as they appear next to each other so this is something that that i struggle with and that professionals don't and when i say professionals i mean people whose job it is to read teleprompters like you know news anchors you know, a, a news anchor can um, look at a teleprompter and read it for the first time and only time and get through the whole thing with no issues, and they're just like total pros. Whereas when I read it, I'm going through, and my mind is processing the words as I read it. And so if there is, if I don't have the context of, of how these words and sentences relate to one another and where they're going, um, my mind starts to th- expect, set expectations about where the sentence is going, and my inflection adjusts accordingly, often in a way that is inappropriate to what it's trying to actually do. Um, so in my experience, read through it once or twice, so you understand the context. It's way easier to get through when you're reading it off the teleprompter then. Yeah, you know, I'm still, when I do read off a prompter, why it takes me three to six takes is because I'm usually looking for the beats to hit. I'm looking for, and so while I'm reading the the, the script, uh, you know, through a prompter, I am I know when I'm getting close to the end, you know, because that's, that's the other thing I've seen a lot with people reading prompters. If you haven't read the script before, you don't really know <laughs> when the last word is. And so you don't know where to put the period or what have yeah. you in that way. Um, but 
that it's it's one of those if you if you're able to change the words into your voice or to flow. So that's what I get the benefit of getting to do because I'm the one writing the script and producing it. So like, well, likely I'm not changing it on cause I've already put it in my own voice, but I have a lot of times where I have a script that was written by somebody else, but I'm the one producing it so I can make the call on like, Oh, I can change this to a, you know, to a few other words that mean exactly the same thing, but work better for me alliter- when I alliterate them and, and speak them out loud. So, cause that's the thing uh, I know for writing scripts for commercials, I always read my scripts out loud one, because I usually had to perform the voiceover, but also because some things just don't flow like they do on paper. You know, you'll read something yeah. on paper and it'll just, you could put the most dense writing and it'd be like, okay, cool. Cause you also have the chance to be able to read back through it and really understand the core of it. Whereas a lot of times when you're just on video, like people aren't making specific details and writing it down. So you have to really uh, make sure it's, it, there's enough time to process what you're saying. Um, that's the, uh, the, I mean, the, the, I guess the hybrid as well is also like um, bullet points through a prompter, which I have also done. Um, yeah. I don't like that as much. So, you know, like just doing like an outline I've done, and I've done the, like impromptu often outline more so to give myself a roadmap to where I'm going. Um, and, and that kind of thing and that helps me like, you know, stay on, on beat a little bit better, but it's still, doesn't come off as good as if I, I mean, I'm a much better writer than I am a speaker. So I write, when I write stuff, I, I will say it in a more elegant way than I would otherwise. Cause I, I'll, you know, you'll, you'll just lose that one word. Like, wow, what was that word? I, I don't know. I do that all the time where it's like a word that I didn't, I should know on a daily basis. Well, it's just gone, uh, you know, or just those little things that get you tongue tied or, or what have you. Uh, even when you're uh, just riffing, those things will happen. Um, but uh, we were going to talk about cue cards, and I think that's a um, an interesting thing because that's really good for improv and for things that need timing. Um, because you know, well, someone running a prompter for you is is doing something similar to the cue card um, operator are. So if you're not running your own prompter, which a lot of times I'm running my own prompter, filming myself and performing uh, at the same time, but it's most of the stuff's on auto. So like I know the speed of my prompter that I like, which is three clicks whatever that means. That's press the speed the, that I would go yeah. button three times. I press down three times and that's the right speed for me to read. But I know that I've had um, other people that two it's their two clicks and that's just the speed of their voice. Um, whereas I like two clicks is too slow and I'll, I'll run to the end of the page and have to be like, and then, and then be able to keep on going yeah. uh, versus like, and that's the nice thing about, a, you know, someone running the proper, they can see, Oh, they're getting to the end. I can speed it up for a second right. so they can get with it. But I have a hard time with that uneven speed sometimes too. Um, but well, it's just people's speed of, of uh, the way they talk, you know, wh- where you're from uh, usually dictates the speed of your speech. I don't think I speak as fast as people maybe that grew up in Southern California. I definitely have heard voices that, are, are much faster than I am though. I know I speak fast because I've been accused of it, but when I was living in the South. So and I think that's just uh, what people are used to. I don't, I don't think it's like talking about things you shouldn't be ever. There's, there's like another thing here, right. With, with uh, the prompter speed. And this is like the, uh, the skill of running a prompter in the sense, right? Like, so say, say the prompter is running at a constant speed and you have text loaded up into it. Well, not every line of text is the same number of syllables, and not every uh, every chunk of text in there is equally spaced out vertically. Sometimes there's like a, an empty line, like where paragraphs break or something. And um, and sometimes, you know, a sentence will break and one word will be on a line. And as a result, you know, the prompter can go at a certain speed but if you're reading at a certain speed you might fall behind mm. um and um you know maybe maybe you're a skilled enough uh, performer on camera to see that coming and adjust your 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 vocal speed accordingly i am not um, yeah I, I always get to that spot where i'm reading at a, a good pace and then there's like a line break an empty line and it's like i'm not ex- anticipating that and i gotta go I'll wait for the next thing to start and hit the screen again, you know? Yeah, you know, or even just spacing your breaths sometimes. If you don't know where the break's going to be, that's hard to deal with. Um, I we, When I worked at the TV station, um, we had a couple of the uh, shows that didn't have as much um, budget. So they didn't get to have a... Uh, camera or a, they might not have a camera operator either, but they don't have a prompter operator. So the anchors were actually controlling it themselves. And so they either had a knob that they turned 
for the speed, which is kind of nice. I, I would like that's, that's a little more positive than pressing buttons. You mm-hmm. can speed up and slow down and their hands are underneath the desk. So that's okay. Um, though not everybody can do that. And then I, they actually had a foot pedal too, that could do the same thing. That was you push forward to go faster and, and back to go slower. Um, but the thing that, that a prompter can't do that cue cards can is skipping a whole section. So they work really good for, for improv because, you know, you think of like the tonight show or, you know, one of these, a variety shows that, you know, I actually really followed Jimmy Fallon from when he uh, started at the late night and then went into the tonight show. Cause I was working for a NBC affiliate at the time, but I was also really interested in how the production was. And you could see that Jimmy was starting to learn how to passively tell next joke. Like he was reading the crowd to go, Nope, don't want to do that joke. You know, mm-hmm. or, you know that kind of thing. Whereas like, I know Conan actually just will say it. He's like, no, no, we're not doing that one. That, yeah, they didn't exactly. laugh at that, you know, so was, they use some good ploys to do that, but it, it allows for that uh, pausing and, and emphasis in a different way through, you know, handwriting that can mm-hmm. actually, you know, we can do bold and italicized and that kind of thing, but sometimes handwriting is really uh, more expressive. Um, the, the some some prompter tricks uh, that I learned at, uh, at the news that I bring along with me is putting periods before my sentences. So I when when they're scrolling past, you have a period for every line. So press a period re- return, period return, and so I'll have five to seven periods just so I have some space to like take a brief breath as it's starting to go, and I can choose the words you know where they are on the screen to start reading them or what have you, so that it's not like ready to go that's kind of, that's pretty difficult to deal with. Um, the other thing is, uh, sometimes if you have short enough content is actually making your font size small enough. So it actually will fit all on the same screen. So you don't have to actually uh, move this, the words at all. Um, your eyes will move a little bit more depending on how far away you are from the camera. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I definitely, um, I do that method a lot because I, I am usually choosing small things, to get on camera for. They're either things that are hard to show visually that I, it's just a whole lot easier to get through the content by uh, being on camera, just saying it to the, to the camera rather than showing, uh, or, or it's just something that I need as a bridge between two things. So I don't have a jump cut or some other kind of uh, connections, but um, I've done cue cards like in the idea of that, which is a script taped to the bottom of the screen of, uh, of the lens. Uh, this is better on, you know, lenses that have a big hood on them or whatever. Uh, and so someone can read them or look down to see where they are to know the way they are. But a lot of times you want to shoot them at a different angle because of that, because they're looking down. I had a doctor that, uh, he would, he had no intention to ever read the script or, uh, read what we wrote for him before we even got there to approve it. So we'd give him something. He'd read it just before we were going to tape him and go, I want to change it to this and this and this. And so then we'd have to turn the script over, write it in Sharpie on the, and then tape it to the screen or to the, to the bottom part of the lens. Uh, and uh, that was just how we did it. And uh, he was okay with the way he looked doing it. So, and he was a client, so that was good enough, but uh, I wasn't okay with it if I could have uh, muscled, but sometimes, you know, when the person that's paying the checks, you just go, okay, that's the way we're doing it. Let's do it. Uh, you know, so um, definitely one of those, it's a difficult thing. Um, like I said, I have, diff- I have, I have, I have different expectations when I'm a director too. So like, uh, I've made some, um, I've made some choices when I'm producing myself and, and things I know about myself. Uh, like I have a weird, uh, eye that gets bigger than the other when I'm talking sometimes or my eyes get big when I'm reading something and I'm trying to be expressive, but instead I'm looking angry or mad. Um, definitely the, um, if you're not, uh, somewhat smirking a little bit you might look a little angry i know i do if i'm not if i'm just thinking i might look like i'm mad about something but Mm -hmm. no i'm just brain's just thinking uh and my face you know doesn't care uh so you know those are things to be careful of uh but, you know, it's really great to have a director in the room. Uh, I know you were talking to, uh, about it in the last time we recorded, uh, is that it's really important to have, if you can, have someone there to identify those things that you weren't aware of while you're speaking. I do that by, like, going and reviewing my footage, and I don't take down my setup before I've looked through all of my takes to make sure I'm good with them all and all that kind of thing so I don't have to just go in and do a quick take, um, which is easier at the state or at, um, at Video Maker because we don't break down that um that in fact it's the seat you're sitting at right now um 
so it's really easy to just go jump in and do a line. Um, I've definitely had times where I said the wrong word. Like, uh, you know, you see the length of the word, you saw what the word start letter started with and ended and your brain just made it another word. And you were not aware of that at all. You just read through it. Like it was nothing confidently. And it's like, that didn't make any sense. So I've had to do some ADR of, of lines and, you know, trying to put them in there, especially even when you're on cameras, it's more difficult than other times, but speed is really where it's at when it comes to that. But the, uh, there's relying on a director be like, Hey, your hands are weird. You're doing rude things with your eyes. You're, you're in and out of focus because you're rocking because uh, you're nervous or whatever, or you're squinting because you can't see the, you know, uh, you can't see it. Or I have a mumble that sometimes when I want to get through things fast, I start mumbling the words. Uh, and it's good to have someone point that out while you're doing it rather than uh, having to live with it once you've completed shooting. Yeah. You know, I think uh, a lot of people get nervous when they work with a director, like they'd rather be alone with a camera. And I don't know, I think you work with a director a couple of times, especially if it's someone you already respect. Um, and you just sort of get in this mode, or at least I encourage people to get in this mode that the director is your best friend in the room and they're your greatest ally and they want, they want you to do, uh, as, as good as you can do. And, and if you can't, they're actually going to extract better performance out of you. Even if, even if you're just not good in front of the camera, they will make you better. Um, just by like, like you said, noticing things that you can't notice about yourself happens to me all the time when I'm, when I'm, uh, doing uh, reading off the teleprompter. I use my hands in like weird ways that feel natural to me, um, but don't look natural. Like I use them to punctuate, you know, sentences or get my voice to do certain inflections. You see a lot of this with uh, like voiceover actors where they use their whole body to like, you know, get the right inflection out. I kind of do that a little bit with my hands and I like really punch up the, um, the inflections with like emphasizing with my hands. And then, you know, the director, Chris, Chris will go, Mike, you got to tone that back. Tone your hands back a little bit. Maybe like do about a third of what you're doing or, or keep your hands together. And um, I would never would have known that it was so silly because it feels natural at the time. And then, you know, obviously, you know, watching it afterwards at your edit bay is, is not a good thing to do. You know, like realizing after the shoot's over that you look like, you know, you, know, you have you're being silly or something yeah, on drugs or something just yeah. freaking out too much but it can go the other way too of like um is you're you're reading too slow you're me, you're you're coming off way too mellow yeah i mean there, there's there's a lot of things as far as just being able to observe that energy you know a lot uh, i always used to see tv uh, strips away the energy uh and it does you know it, when i'm when i'm when i'm on camera and i might feel like i'm just talking normal um I'm, 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 I'm up a few notches than I normally would. I mean, I, I'm a pretty animated guy and I, I have no problem uh, being excited about stuff or what have you, but that uh, sometimes you just, you just, the, the energy is not right or you're matching with somebody else. Uh, I know like I speak a lot faster. You're not as fast as me, but Nicole, she speaks slower, but on by choice, like she, likes to seem studious or not seem she's totally studious but like she likes to be that professor type of speaking whereas i just i get ramped up and you know excited about something and, and you can hear passion in my voice whereas she likes to be methodical and and speak clearly and, and those kinds of things so really if you put her and i next to each other there's a huge energy difference and it you know maybe I tone down a little bit knowing that I'm going to be with her. And then maybe she does something that feels a little uncomfortable. I always would say, give me the sham wow take, give me that excitement take that, 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 you know, just in case it really doesn't come off right. But that works. That's way more in the way of like, you know, someone's saying a sale, you know, you wouldn't want to be like, and it's on sale. You know, that's just not going to work. You, well, it's exciting. It's, it's something it's to true. be. It's true with everything on video, right? Like mm -hmm. if you take uh, Anderson Cooper's, on camera delivery of almost anything he says and then met him in person if he was talking the same way you'd be like what is wrong with you like why are you talking like that whereas it seems natural on television um i'd actually say you'd have the opposite you're so used to them seeing being that way you'd see oh, them yeah. like they didn't like me they were really subdued and you're like no no they're just that way <laughs> you know it's like uh a lot of people i mean like um 
are, are performers on the stage, but are quiet people on, on their own. You know, they, they like the performance part, but they're not these big social butterflies, like their character, what have you mm-hmm. might be, you know? So that typecast yeah. idea there that can, can get you there, but it surely, I, I mean, I've been enough around enough, uh, like, uh, anchors and that kind of thing that some, yeah, they're just, they're just going to be that person, mostly as the prof- they want to always project that they're that person. So they're you always know, like, on. But then other people, you're like, they're having their sandwich and you're having a conversation about, you know, the person that, that parked funny out front. You'd hope they talk to you normal. Uh, you know, and, like, and usually like people a, do. Anchors and certainly like voiceover actors uh, and you know, people reading scripts, you know, when they're, they're delivering the, uh, the material for, for television they they read it in a like a sing-songy kind of way right yeah. like everything is up and down and up and down and up and down and you don't think anything about it when you're watching it but no one talks like that yeah yeah totally the announcer voice or whatever i mean uh, um we had a station voice for for the tv station and the guy actually would put he, he put his microphone through his telephone with compression on it yeah. so he always presented as that voice but if you saw a picture of him, you'd be like, I had no idea that guy had this big giant voice. Cause he yeah, look at him. He's tiny. Yeah. But it's just, you know, when you don't get that, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's all about the performance. Um, okay. I say we take a quick break. We'll come right back and talk about like, what do you do with your hands and your eyes and all that stuff? Yeah, that's important. All right. Be right back. For years, video maker has been producing quality video training to help you take your video skills to the next level. Now you can access it all from a VideoMaker Plus account. We've got courses covering everything from learning how to navigate your camera with our course on camera controls and settings to learning about color grading or even how to start a video business. VideoMaker Plus has something for you. The VideoMaker library is split into four levels. If you're just starting, try our inexpensive starter level membership, which gets you access to essential video training and a digital subscription to VideoMaker Magazine. For the most professional training, go all the way up to our professional tier membership, which gives you access to our entire library of training, which covers advanced concepts like running a video business or becoming a documentary filmmaker. Plus, the professional tier is the only membership with access to our popular webinar recordings. Plus, right now, for a limited time, you can get the professional tier of VideoMaker Plus for the price of the creative tier. That's $100 savings. Sign up at videomaker.com slash springdeal. That's videomaker.com slash spring deal. Okay, we're back. So we actually started talking a little bit about like, um, you know, what you do with your hands. And I think it's really kind of different for each person. And, you know, you want to look natural, right, with your hands. And sometimes that can be really difficult when you're reading a script. Because like I said, at least with me, I use my hands when I'm reading a script to like help me verbalize and help me enunciate and help me... um, you know, use the right inflection. Um, but that doesn't mean that it looks right, you know, when you're watching me do that. Um, so, Chris, what's your typical approach to, to what to do with your hands when you're, you're you know, reading a script or, or delivering a memorized um, uh, script, I guess? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard because most people don't think about how they look when they talk. I mean, it's just not, uh, you know, we, we don't live our lives with a mirror in front of us, so we don't think about that. Um, but when you get restraints, it, you, you start to respond to those restraints. So, like, if you're on camera, you might start thinking about it, so you, you tone down what you might do or whatever, or uh, you might not know what to do with your hands. So, because of that, you're either they're completely untied and you do things you would never do, you know, weird hand gestures or guns. you're, you're stiff as a board and you just, it doesn't make any sense. And I think that um, for me, I always ask you, do, do you speak with your hands? And, and a lot of people that do use their hands to express themselves know that because they probably hit, you know, coffee out of someone's hand before or smack someone while they're doing it. I've been there. And <laughs> so, you know, it, I think it's one of those, it's, it's a, it's something to be aware of, but the hard thing is, is you, you don't want to be um, like Mike would, he, 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 he will punctuate like that. So it might be the, that the movement's too fast. It, it might be that he's doing it too many times. 
uh, or it might just be that it looks strange. I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. of reasons why we, what we want to do. I recommend for a lot of people because um, having a little pressure on your hands will actually allow you to not have to think about what they're doing, uh, and, but it will also allow you to quickly um, go, I know where my hands are. I mean, as, as strange as that seems is when you're you know, on camera and you have the pressures of all these other things, um, you're not in control of everything. You're just, you know, there's certain things that just got to go on, on autopilot there. And so I always do the, everybody, you know, the Mr. Burns, but down by your belt. And, uh, that I learned from, uh, reporters, you know, doing promos and them, and they always knew the right way, but they also knew the right can't, they knew the side of their face that looked good. This is actors in mm-hmm. general should know these things about themselves, but it, you know, uh, man down to like, I remember ladies knowing how to cross their legs so they look thinner or the, the angles. So they look, you know, they always, it reminds me of when you're doing selfies or, you know, the whole Instagram game of, of like, you know, trying to look good where you are. I think people are a lot more aware of that than they ever have been before of like, Oh, I can, uh, if I just do this in the right angle, everybody will think I'm, you know, um, uh, movie star or something but uh you know if you actually saw him i always think of those weird memes that the girl's doing you know pushing her chin down to her neck and then the next picture is beautiful uh is just you know if you don't have control over yourself uh or if you don't know how that goes or you haven't been down that road uh it is something that you need to like figure out for yourself um because some people talk with their hands and that's fine it, that might be a problem depending on the production um so you know if if you're shooting something and uh one the hands would get in the way of the lens between the lens and the subject that's a problem we don't want all of a sudden having blurry things go into the frame that no one knows what they are that's a problem um but you don't want them looking like a spaz uh i i uh, definitely like you know some people get chicken wings some it's the hands uh there's just lots of ways uh to have it um and and not everybody can do the same things and look well doing them either so it's like get a get a feel of what it takes for you do you need to have that pressure on your hands some people you know uh interlock their fingers uh sometimes you do this you know um if you want to do like the politically correct uh like point it's the bill clinton with your thumb mm-hmm. out yeah never you point know. with your finger right yeah you don't want to point that's rude but you that's do accusatory. this yeah exactly but you can go i well i'm not gonna even say <laughs> it uh, but anyhow um the, the it, you just got to know what it is. And also if you aren't the one shooting it. So like in my case, I know what my framing looks like and I usually have a monitor so I can see what it looks like. So I know where's there, but you know, it's the whole, it's the old story of like the anchor doesn't ever wear pants. Like they're always in shorts in like gym shorts and then a nice suit with a fake tie and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the makeup only goes to the ears, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> It's, I mean, I've even seen like, you know, paper clips or, or, or not paper clips, you know, clothespins holding the shirt tighter because yeah. they lost some weight and they don't want to buy any suit or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things uh, that you'll, you'll need to know, but what, what to do with your hands. If the framing, if they're out of frame, like right now I can move my hands a lot and you can see my arms moving a little bit, but my hands are doing all sorts of stuff. That's okay. My sh- shoulders were, you know, communicating with it. That'd be not as good. Um, but that's why it's nice to have somebody in the, other ro- in the room directing you. And that's not necessarily because they're good at directing. This is just observance. This is just, yeah, observ- just, just watching weird. them. Do you look natural? Do you look good? This isn't uh, rocket science. It's not. It's definitely not something that you need a lot of uh, experience doing. It's just more of you're trying to make sure that they're staying as flattering as possible, mostly because the content you're making, you want it to be good. And so to be good, you want to get a good performance. And so that's like you were saying, the director in the room, they're your buddy. They're the one that's yeah. going to make you look better than you think you can make. And that's why so many, you know, whenever someone wins an award for uh, an acting award, wherever they always thank the director and they love them because it reminds me of me and 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 nicole as my editor she makes my words better going through her having her look at them and organize that stuff and 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 go what that it it is more than i can do on my own and just that right there will get you a better outcome so you know just even if you have someone there to watch to go oh i noticed that or reading along the script to where you skipped a word or like i mean sometimes it's nice because you're like oh, i went through it but i skipped that word did it make sense still they are listening and they go yeah it made sense without that word 
cool. We don't have to do it again, you know, or, or, or it might be that you have to do the whole takeover again, whatever it is that having someone in the room, but the, you know, how to place your feet, uh, you know, don't, don't, I mean, I learned this, uh, the first wedding I was ever in uh, when I was 19 is, is don't lock your knees when you're standing somewhere, especially when you're doing something that makes you nervous. Cause you might just pass out. Uh, I didn't, but I remember them giving us that, uh, the, you know, make sure to keep your knees bent a little bit. You're going to be up here for about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, some people will just keel over cause they're hot in their suit or they've been drinking or whatever, but that it's, uh, you want to, you want to be flattering in there and, um, be wary of the director that just wants to get it in the can. Um, sometimes that can, that can happen just trying to get the project through, uh, and get that thing done. So they aren't your buddy. They're, they're just trying to get the thing happening. Um, but usually you can tell that, you know, that's just a quality control issue. Um, and you know, if you don't think you did it well, ask to do it again. Um, I know if I'm, if I am on camera, it's really great to um, try to stay positive while you're doing it. So don't dwell on things that you're doing wrong and try to be appreciative of the input. So I know that I've had this as uh, actors have been, that they're really, they say, thank you a lot. Oh, thank you. And then they go into it. And that's not necessarily because they're trying to be over pleasing or whatever, although maybe they were at times, but that it's, it keeps you going. Thank you. I'm going to do something with that information and give it back to you. And so, and staying positive like that, that you're, you're willing and, and trying to do that best performance. Uh, one tells the director one thing, but also for you keeps you in a better mindset than letting yourself get uh, hung up on the things that you're just trying to do better. Uh, whenever you get a critique from someone, uh, sometimes you can get overwhelmed by what it makes you feel, but they're just trying to make your content better. So if you don't take it personally, um, then it's not going to be, uh, and that's the same thing. I mean, it's harder when it's actually you, you know, you look stupid on camera. We need to do something else. Like, I mean, that's kind of a mean way to say it, but I've, I've definitely, you know, that guy's not good on camera. Yeah. In those situations, like the best bet is just to say, you know, finish up the project and go, oh, I'm just not going to use that, that person anymore. You yeah. Know, try, try, try someone else it. or whatever. But I mean, sometimes it's yourself. It's really like, hard to make that choice. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. That's well, yeah. I don't know. It depends I mean, on if you like being on camera, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it, I have, I had like, it's funny cause I have like, um, I'm confident in what I do. I, I like to go, I know what I'm doing. And I like to say, and, and I like to be able to be confident about knowing my skills and my abilities. And that's not necessarily ego. That's just trying to, to be confident, but that I don't like the way I look. I don't want to see myself on camera. I really don't love my voice. And so it's hard. You got to stay positive because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's self-loathing somewhat. Uh, and as a performer, I think you just got to have a handle on that. Uh, yeah. is that, you know, um, Some people while you're performing, it. the performance is all that matters. Um, I know it reminds me of playing music. If, uh, you know, you play a wrong note, don't let your face show it and no one will ever know. And so, you know, it's one of those things where if you can, like, like I said, we were talking about the prompter, if you can get through it and it all seems normal and you maybe skip some words or you didn't do it the way you were thought, well, but it, you stayed confident and just kept going, that might be the best take. It might be the most convincing take. So, you know, allowing yourself to make those, um, those chances. And it is, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about the trust and the confidence you have in the people around you that you can feel as free and as vulnerable as you might need to be, to be, to do a good performance and, uh, allowing yourself to be in that space makes you more relatable. Usually, uh, if you're willing to, and it's really easy to do when you're in your room by yourself. Uh, but it's, um, you know, the more people you add in, uh, depending on if they're helpful, I definitely don't want the peanut gallery showing up just to, to rabble rouse from the corner. Um, no backseat directing needed, but that it's, it's, uh, it's helpful. And, um, some people rise to the occasion under pressure. Other people buckle, know which one you are. Yeah. So, uh, going back to the, what, what you do with your hands, um, something that, that I like to do, which helps me a little bit, I think is to have um, a prop of some kind, you know, if I can hold something in my hand, like I've been holding this pen this entire time. Uh, not that I'm performing on camera the way I would with, you know, a classic video reading off a teleprompter, but 
I'm kind of a fidgeter. And yep. so if I keep something in my hand, it's going to prevent me for the most part of flailing around or, or what have you, as long as I'm not like doing this the whole time. Yeah, right. That's um, my problem. I'd be sitting there clicking it. And, uh, yeah. I'd, it I'd do this thing like with pens. I'm always like taking them apart and putting yeah, them screw back it. together. That's, but, I have um, a little Lego guy that I, I fidget with that is helpful to sometimes just get the brain working. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then if you do that, it really has to be kind of appropriate to you know, whatever your, the theme of, of your video is, right? Like it would be weird if you were shooting the, um, you know, the video, uh, the, the course that we did recently on, um, church video production and you were like holding a Lego guy the whole time. Like what's with the Lego guy? <laughs> I mean, I don't hold a Lego guy. You don't actually ever <laughs> see that, but yeah, it's, uh, the, uh, yeah. I mean, if it's not appropriate, it ain't going to work. Uh, we, I think we had on the last one, we were talking about Bob Dole, but that was more cause his arm's oh, yeah. always there. Yeah. Well, so yeah, it's more to make his, his arm physically look his hand like he was doing something. something. So he always oh, holding a pen. There's nothing yeah. wrong with his arm. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, it's like, no, it was stuck that way. But so what do you think, Chris, of, of sit versus stand? I think it depends on the person. Um, like, I mean, I think you're in my shot right now is uh, a big, uh, is pretty drastic in the difference of what someone can look like when they're sitting. So yeah. like uh, you don't have super broad shoulders or anything, but sitting down the way you are with your arms lifted yeah, and the way I've you're got leaning. surface in front of me. So I'm yeah, like, exactly. You, you looks worse my camera's a little bit above me looking down and I don't have broad shoulders anyway. Uh, so I look, it, it's, it's a little more, um, it's a, it's a different feel, you know, it's the same kind of thing shooting up at someone versus shooting down or whatever. So that's something to be aware of when you're sitting, um, you know, a stool or something like that, that doesn't have a place to put your arms is going to be, uh, the most, um, the closest to a stand um, standing can be difficult for some people. Some people fidget, you know, like they, they have the, they the shaky leg they or they sway leg, or they yeah. sway forward. Uh, so, you know, the, the mom sway. And I, if you, it's pretty awesome. You, it's you, called? You, the, well, I've just noticed it is because I had a young child that like, if you're used to holding a young child and then you're not holding a young child, all of a sudden you're, you're swaying. Cause you're just used to doing that lullaby. Cause it's oh, important that, to be as a young parent usually. But uh, I, I think it's a, it's, it, it is somewhat uh, instinctual, you know, you're not really aware that you're doing it. So someone that's not used to trying to stay on their mark and not fidget and that kind of thing. I mean, I, I have a lot of ways of dealing with that as a director or as a DP or, or something is to, you know, okay, I'm either going to, I, I want to, you have to feel out the content, right? So I had a guy that I interviewed for a job and I asked him, it was, we, you know, I gave him a situation. We're doing a commercial for a heating and air place. And we're doing an interview with a lady that uh, just uh, loves that they cleaned her uh, air ducts or whatever. Uh, how would you set them up? Well, what's she going to say? He said, what do you mean? What's she going to say? She's probably going to say, I loved it. He's like, well, I'd, I'd probably have her standing then because I want her to feel, to, to be able to exert confidence in her, in her, in her standing and the way she stands and everything. I thought that was pretty good. Although I was envisioning an older lady. So I imagine that more <laughs> of like sitting, but regardless, it, it was a, it was a, it was an interesting answer. And I think it's something to consider when you're asking the question, sit or stand is what's appropriate for the content. Um, and realize that uh, there are drawbacks to both and it depends on if you can handle those drawbacks. So, you know, if you're able to uh, open your aperture or close your aperture down so you have a deeper depth of field, the fidgeting or the uh, wiggling and stuff is not as big of a deal. But uh, I don't know if you can hear that. I have kids yelling in the background, yeah. sorry. Um, but that, uh, you know, the if you can do that and make it so they don't look like they're fidgeting, that might be a way to fix it. But better yet would just be someone not to fidget or to be swaying or do that kind of thing. So then being... Uh, connected to the ground helps that, but then you want to make sure not to have armrests or that yeah thing to sit on. Yep. So you have the armrest, really you nice. start to like lean on it, you know. And I like a stool where the legs are dang dangling, so you get to so you have to you you have to do a uh, good posture to not like you know fall off. Yeah, uh, I think that is that's helpful. Um, it, it really just depends on how you're able to keep that person in in place. Um, yep. But if you're talking about yourself, I would say just you know, practice both ways and be able to do both, uh, either way. Um, I'd say like, you know, shooting a vlog is even a different thing. Cause like people don't sit down to shoot a vlog typically, although maybe they would at a computer or something, but that like, you know, 
um, there are moves where like, you know, you're, you're rotating your body while you're doing it. So the background's moving and you're staying in stays, uh, stable so that there's a little bit of interest, but you're not doing too much that it's like this big old giant sway. It's just to have a little bit of movement in the background. And that's not something you'd normally have in any other type of uh, shooting situation. So it's, it's, it's careful there. I think the eye line is going to be really important in this place. So, you know, where are you going to have your person looking? Um, you know, if you're doing interviews, it depends on, you know, really what they're doing but if they're not talking to the audience they don't need to look at the camera I mean, they don't need to look right into the lens and it's better that way a lot of times because that can be intimidating um, I know I have a hard time making eye contact all the time not for any reason other than it's just I tend to look down when I'm thinking. And so, you know, it can be difficult when you're forcing someone to do that if they're on the, on the edge. But if you're talking about your own, your, yourself, uh, be comfortable with both, uh, get used to doing them. Um, the, like on my computer, I have a little green light that's on right now, uh, that I'm on that kind of gives me something to look at. But if I look a little bit over all of a sudden, I don't look like I'm looking at the lens and that's a problem. So being careful with the eye line with the, where the camera's at to keep you there. So uh, Mike, where he's sitting, whenever he's shooting at that a roll spot where I shoot, um, I have to lower the camera because uh, I have a longer upper body. Although Mike and I are about the same height, uh, he, I must have longer leg or a, a longer upper torso and Mike's legs are longer or something. Uh, because it's a little bit different and mm -hmm. it makes a significant difference in the way the shot looks if I'm at eye level or not uh, with the camera. Yeah. So I think um, I generally agree with with your sentiment on sit versus stand. It's something you mentioned uh, the last time we recorded this podcast yeah. or didn't record uh, is um, some people have like restless leg and I actually count myself as in this category where they're like shaking their leg if they're sitting down, you know? Um, so obviously in those kinds of situations, you got to, do something else with that person um, because a lot of times it's uncontrollable. But other than that, like a general rule of thumb, I would say, which you kind of already hit on uh, with sitting is uh, if you need to sit or your talent needs to sit, that's fine. But uh, don't give them any chair that has an armrest. You get these weird lean things going on. And also don't give them like a surface to lean on like, I was doing for the majority of this podcast, leaning forward like this. I'm leaning on one. I'm just further from the camera. Well, you know, the, the podcast format is very much um, casual in nature. But yeah, um, exactly. But you know, if you're doing something more formal, obviously you don't want them just doing what I've been doing this whole time with my hand, you know, resting on my face here, right? Yeah, I mean, um, a polished production is surely going to be something you want everybody and every part of it to look their best. Um, right. I'm reminded of, uh, although I don't think you've seen it yet, as the Tiger King. They have a lot of scenes. They're doing a lot of interviews. And uh, I was just recently uh, watching an interview with, uh, it was actually David Spade uh, doing an interview with one of the husbands of the show. You don't need, really need to know about it, but the, it, it's, it, the, the guy is very uh, backwoods. They're trying to, they're trying, they, you know, they're trying to typecast and characterize, put these people into character. And the guy, the, the producer asked him to take his, his shirt off. So he's shirtless. During every interview, the guy's got few teeth or in the interviews. Now he's got his, all his teeth fixed, but they were trying to get him to seem like this uh, macho strong guy. But mm -hmm. like, why is he the only one without a shirt on? <laughs> it's really strange. Uh, but there, there's a lot of those things that I think that they did just really to, to make characters because they needed to. Um, so in that way, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely not uh, a pure documentary. There's definitely a lot of manipulation going on, but that the, it communicates something. I mean, if, if you, if you don't mind them fidgeting, if, if that's a uh, part of, um, you know, who they are, if they're being themselves or whatever, that's fine. Uh, but a lot of times you won't have enough, you, the format won't fit enough to explain the inner secrecies of the person mm -hmm. to understand that they fidget. So if, you know, you're doing even a 10 minute video, it's unlikely you're going to get into the character of that of any given person uh, or a presentation or yourself or whatever it is enough to understand why that person was moving weird. You just, you just won't get it. Um, so it's all about context in that way. But yeah, the rest of the leg, that's hard. That's like too much coffee. I get yeah. that way as like, Oh man, I, I need to drink some water to, to cut this, this caffeine down. Cause I'm going to, either talk too fast or be just really jittery on camera. I you know, shaking the, or moving around a lot. The the surface thing, you know, this the surface that we have in the uh, the podcast, the, the mothership here, the surface is like very tall compared to where the, the, the chairs are. The chairs are a little shorter. Lower. But you do see 
uh, news anchors all the time in front of a desk, you know, the news desk, but they always sit like very tall compared to that surface. And I suspect, I don't know, Chris, I, I never haven't spent much time in a newsroom, so maybe you tell me. I suspect it's it's partly so that they don't do, they don't sort of lean up against it. Like when the surface is just like a little bit of above waist level, it's almost there as the thing to like hold your papers or something, but but is otherwise not functional in the same way that a desk is functional, like a, a, a classic desk that you would work at. So there's a couple things here. One, um, some desks have, they'll put an eraser on the desk and it's a belly button mark. And so they're, mm. they're keeping their be- the eraser in their belly button to know their spot. Uh, and so they're arching the back. So the belly, the belly button's full of that eraser. It's, it's really bizarre. Uh, the other strange. is they'll have like a lumbar support in the back so that their back is arched. So they have to sit up forward. Definitely no armrests on those, on those, uh, um, chairs. They definitely bring them up so that their legs are like right underneath the table. A lot of times, uh, it's harder, you know, if you're talking about, I think of like, um, uh, Kelly Ripa, who's a really small person and, um, Oh man, uh, Michael uh, Strahan, who was her host, he's a really big guy. So like they'd be weird at a danker desk together. Uh, you know, yeah. you'd have him almost sit, sitting on the floor. It's like almost having Shaq on any kind of interview <laughs> desk. You know, he's going to just dwarf everybody. So it's likely he's sitting on some phone books on the ground. Uh, but the, they they do those kinds of things and have you have it arch. Uh, the other thing is is that they go with the polite way of like no elbows on the table. So you can have wrists, you can have arm, forearms and that kind of thing. But as soon as you start doing elbows, you're, you start looking different. So it's, those are like anchoring 101 and it's usually just, uh, most anchors are uh, trying to look good on camera at all times because <clears throat> in, in television news, at least you, you, you jump around pr- markets a lot. That's how you get a raise instead of staying one place and working really hard. You just go to a bigger market and you get a bigger paycheck. Um, and so they're always trying to make the real. So it's always mm-hmm. like, if I do something really good tonight, I might have a new job two weeks from now. And that's awesome because that's, that's the, just the game of that. The uh, newscaster roulette or anchor roulette. I've, I've heard it as it's just in the way of like, all right, if you're not moving up in markets, you're, um, you're either wanting to stay in one place or, or not get another job. We're getting way off, uh, off topic here, but that's the, the, the racer is actually really helpful. It's weird. I, like the first time I heard that really, People, they put a racer on the desk so that it goes in there. Yeah, it's a belly button eraser. What? That's so <laughs> weird. But then you, you're like, oh, but everybody sits up there. And if they don't, they look, they look bad. Or uh, we had a sportscaster that he wore a, too big of a suit. Uh, and also had bad posture. And so he always just looked like this kid in this little suit because mm-hmm. he, he didn't sit up straight and it's just, it, it's odd. Uh, and I don't think he's in uh, news anymore. So, uh, you know, it, it, it speaks to uh, your ability to, to rise up to the occasion. Um, okay. Maybe the last thing here is like, um, should you smile or not? And I really think that, you know, this is obviously kind of specific to the, to the work that you're doing. Um, but I would say that, you know, obviously if you're doing something that's, you know, um, exceptionally upbeat and positive, obviously smile. Uh, if you're doing something that is more serious and somber, don't smile. But if you're doing something kind of neutral, I would say still kind of smile. You know, there's like there's just like this improvement in inflection that comes out when you're smiling a little bit. Also, I think that what happens with a lot of people who aren't thinking about smiling as they're reading is they their face, even though their inflection sounds normal, their face kind of just like looks like a this blank slate as they're really focusing on their words. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What do you think, Chris? Well, if you're selling caskets, don't smile. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there's uh, there's definitely lots of, of uh, subject matter that smiling is not appropriate. But you don't want to look sad either. You know, there's there's a, a yeah there there is a fine line between all of the emotions and the way you look. Um, the uh, thing I fall back on a lot of times when I was doing voiceovers is people can hear your smile, and yeah. so you know that does, and it's 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 an enter, it, you know, it's it's a it's more of a passion feeling, you know, like the, the words sound, uh, they're just coming through more that way. Now, if you're on camera, um, yeah, it really thinks it depends on what you do. I mean, if you're a host of a, a show on HGTV, yeah, you're smiling, you're probably bubbly. You're doing a, you know, this, uh, the other, you're trying to show some personality in what you're doing. But then if you're doing, you know, if it's a presentation or uh, hosting of a, um, a, 
a corporate video on sexual harassment, um, you know, you're not going to, there's no joking there. Uh, you know, that's, it's inappropriate. So I think it's really comes down to the content you're doing. Um, though I think a lot of times, you know, like if I was doing that, I'd be like, what, what's wrong with him? Why are you doing <laughs> yeah. that? It's so forceful. You don't so, want to necessarily a big toothy grin, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's all about content. And like, the thing is, is some people that are really good on camera aren't good for all content. I mean, you're, you're just not yeah. going to, Tom Cruise is not for good for every part. And so, you know, you're just going to have some people that are really specifically good for that. So you might be um, like, I have a, I have a good, uh, I, I can get real good passion in, in my voice. Um, I like to be, feel friendly and that kind of thing, but that doesn't work very good if I was, um, you know, doing a commercial about uh, home security systems or, or, or um, don't drink and drive or some kind of, uh, you know, thing that doesn't work, but you don't, you know, there's no reason to show a grimace or anything like that. Um, so it, it's a really fine line. That's one of the times when having a director is really helpful because they can tell you, Oh no, you're, you're looking too serious or yeah. why are you so happy? Um, for it, the smile goes all the way into your eyes, uh, exactly, usually. So, exactly. you know, it's, it, a lot of times you can have a smile without doing anything with your mouth. Uh, in fact, you're going to be talking, so it's not likely you're right. going to be holding the smile while you talk. That's just on on a natural, but you can smile with your eyes and, and, and have your cheeks up a little bit more or what have you. I don't, um, I, I always end up doing a, give me one more take, but happier. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and it's more of, or just give me more energy on that one or whatever. I hardly ever end up using those, but what they might do is inspire you to do one in between. Uh, you know, you might yeah. do one. It's like, oh, I didn't, but now I'm feeling like those other ones were drab. Let's do one that feels a little bit between those two feelings yeah. and then also, and do that. There's like this residual effects that happens, right? So you do a take that where you don't kind of trying to emphasize the smile and it feels cheesy. It probably looks cheesy. And, uh, you know, the director might say, keep it up. And, but as you go, it sort of, at least with me, uh, it just sort of fades, sort of dials down a little bit into something a little bit more natural Yeah, know, or, in the subsequent uh, takes. Or I've seen it that way, but people just trail off their energy. So if you yeah. need that up energy, remember to keep it through until you're done. Right. Um, consistency is really the key there. It's not about should you smile or shouldn't I smile. It's like whatever you do project that while you're doing your part. Um, and that's, you know, um, you know, actors talk about wanting to get into a space and I totally get that because if you're having to be a character, that's not you normally, you have to get in this way of like, I, I need, now I need to figure out how I react, how this person would react. And I understand why the, the actors ask a lot of questions like, would they do this or would they do that? And you're like, why does that matter? Oh, cause it helps me with my motivation or it helps me how I project this person's line in this way. Mm-hmm. And those are the little things that make an, a great actor great. And so if you want to be really good on, on camera, it's paying attention to those things and trying to make, um, you know, it always comes down to, you know, how much improvement can you make at one given time? Um, and I'm always reminding myself of saying my dad uh, reminds me often is, is how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And so if you're trying to get better at something, don't go thinking you're going to be, um, you know, uh, great on camera right off the bat. Maybe you will, maybe you're lucky, um, but you might not have any depth. You might just be able to do that one thing well, uh, but practicing it and trying to get better um incrementally over time is going to be able to be, you're going to be able to make the most honest way. Like I, I feel like I, I had probably six months to a year before I was able to drop the voice announcement or voiceover uh, performances that I was used to doing and being more, um, you know, conversational and mm-hmm. in, in, in nature on camera. And that just, that was my comfortability with it. Uh, but I, you know, I also am not that way outside of it. So it was finding the character that I was going to be, what, how much of that really works for the scene or, or the, for the, for the hosting. I'm just usually hosting, you know, uh, a review or, or a how to video or what have you. So it's, it's really never terribly important if I did it really well. In fact, uh, I have my voice cracks and something that happens all the time. And it's um, like, it'll be the way I say a word and like, uh, it's just, it's going to crack every time I do it. So it's just, I'm going to just, that's that's just part of it. Voice cracks, okay. I'm forever really going through puberty, almost forty, but you know that's how it goes. 
Yeah, you're not uh, addressing the nation or anyone, anything, right? So just let it go. <laughs> I don't know if I care that too. Right? I'm not a high bar anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Maybe we should call it there, eh? Yeah. So the second time we've had this conversation, uh, feels like the, the things that we talked about today were actually quite a bit different than the th- things we talked about last time, but... I guess that's how it goes. Yeah, a little more organized, though, I think. I think that's yeah. uh, that's a good thing. So all you listening that made it all the way here, if you thought this was better organized, um, maybe we should start taping the same show twice. Yeah. No, I ain't going to do it. If anyone hears this, that means that it properly recorded this time. Yeah, we did our job. <laughs> right. All right. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, if you've been listening to the podcast and you like what we're doing, we'd be really grateful if you gave us a five-star review on iTunes. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening elsewhere, hit the subscribe button wherever you happen to be. Uh, That kind of thing is really helpful for new podcasts like ours. For Chris Monlux and everyone here at Videomaker, I'm Mike Wilhelm, and you've been listening to the Videomaker Podcast. We'll catch you next time.